Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And 14 for Kirk Cousins and the Redskins. Loads of time. Fires downfield. It is picked off by Iloka. Pass was intended for Deshaun Jackson. Similar to a punt. It was third and long. Redskins turn the ball over. No, we are not trying to troll you because Kirk Cousins threw that ball, Matthew Collar. What we are trying to do is tell you that uh, later today there are reports that George Iloka, formerly a safety for the Bengals, released last weekend in Cincinnati, will become Kirk Cousins' teammate signing with the Vikings. That the report uh, from Tom Pelissero, our buddy and a company at NFL Media. So it's looking like the Vikings will add a guy who... Uh, was drafted, uh, I think he was drafted by the, he played five years with the Bengals, and I think the math is he, his first two years in Cincinnati were sent were spent, I should say, with uh, Mike Zimmer as his defensive coordinator. Yeah, and uh, a little more has come out that it's uh, a factor that a lot of teams called for Iloka. He's a good player, and it was a factor that he knows Mike Zimmer. And uh, I, it seems ridiculous to say, Man, do I love this move. Because it's like, it's a third safety guy. But this is really important. This could ultimately become really important. And let me give you an example why. I, and I believe you, by the way. In 2016, take this very seriously, Anderson yeah. Dejo, who has an, a history of injuries. Mm-hmm. No, actually, he might have been in in that game. And it might have been Harrison Smith who was out for one game. But Anderson Dejo has a history of injuries, which is factoring into this. But in that... Indianapolis Colts game that they melted down at U.S. Bank Stadium. I think Harrison Smith was out, and Anthony Harris had to play the whole game. Okay, And it did not go so well with him playing safety full-time. And last year, he filled in against the Rams. He played pretty well. Winston Dejo was, I think, suspended. But he's yes. more of a, okay, we've got to have him in for one game. He's a good special team type player, very smart. Harris is a nice sort of down-the-depth chart type of guy, but not someone who could play for 8 to 12 games. If you categorize guys that way as like starter, could definitely play if he has to, and then eh, hold on for dear life for a game or two and you're all right. Well, Harris is in that third category. Iloka is a starter caliber. So mm-hmm. now having him as a backup for Sandejo in case things don't go so well there, or even Harrison Smith, who's been dinged up kind of every other year, uh, I think that that is really important to have. And the other part of it is now this gives Zimmer even a little more flexibility to mess with some of those base sets or base packages 
Like, is he going to use three linebackers? Well, sometimes he could use Iloka because he's a big guy. And he did talk about three safeties at some point um, in during the summer, correct? I think he or ta- the spring. He talked about Owners four meetings? four corners. I think. Oh, okay. I thought he talked. I thought he talked about some type of three safety package at some point too. Yeah, which surprised me. But it wouldn't surprise me if he does it. Uh, Sandejo, by the way, played in all 16 games in 2013-14. But since then, in 2015, he started and played in 13 games. 2016, it was 14. Same thing. Started and played in. And last year, it was 13. And you're right. He was suspended for one game, at least, I think. I think it was a one-game suspension for a hit. And then he he got hurt in the playoff game against the Saints. Tried to play against Philadelphia, and yeah. that was a complete mess. And I also think, if I'm not mistaken, he left another game too, and they had to have somebody else play in there. Maybe, maybe it was Cleveland that he had to leave. And I seem to remember Terrence Newman playing some safety okay. in that game. Well, any, anyway, the the point just being that it's a small move, and now you might just say like, ah, yeah, okay, all right, just bring the guy in. But last year, the Philadelphia Eagles signed a guy that I had wanted the Vikings to get, which was Corey Graham. Mm-hmm. And at the time that they signed him, which was kind of around this time, a few weeks before the season, it was very much a like, eh, no big deal. Side note that you see on Twitter, it doesn't even make the scroll at the bottom. And then he played something like 50% of snaps in the Super Bowl. I mean, you, you know that there are going to be more injuries this year than there were last year, and this is preparation for it. And that's what makes it, to me, uh, a really smart move that they decided to do this. So, yep, not exactly like celebrating in the streets or holding a huge press conference if they get this deal done, which they're expected to, but it could be one of those clever, sneaky little things. Football! Football! Yeah! I'm about yeah! to do it again. Yeah! I'm, about to go, I'm about to go complete pigskin geek on you. Doesn't get any better than I that. I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. Look at what I've done to you. I just, I think I need therapy now. Okay. All right, I'm going to say this. Do it. And it's going to be mocked, I think. Go there. But I got to go there. I got to go there because it's football. All right. When they sign a guy like this who played for Zimmer and he knows that, he knows that player really well. And by the way, they pursued him aggressively in free agency in 2016. And at that point in time, he decided to go back to the Bengals on a five-year contract. I honestly, oh, this is so geeky. I honestly see these as football chess pieces. Yeah. Yep. Because of Zimmer's ability to, and especially defensive backfield, because of his ability to see. Th- so, like, this isn't just a name guy that they're signing and we know him. And, oh, that's cool because he played really well for the for the Bengals, at least through 2016, and then possibly had a fall off in 2017. I actually see these as they're going to get creative. Yep. And it's going to be fun to watch. And that's just so geeky. But that's the way I see it. That, that's my that's that's the level of respect I have for this guy, and especially his ability to manipulate things in the secondary. So what you haven't seen from Zimmer in the last two years very much is him messing a lot with personnel. It's kind of been like okay, some rotational corners come in. You know, the, it was Waynes and Newman switching in and out. 2016 last year, it was Alexander moving in, but. Aside from that, it's pretty much been nickel package, two linebackers, standard stuff across the board. And his defensive talent is so good and his scheme is so good that they were able to stay at the top. But I think that they were really shaken by what the Eagles did to them in that NFC Championship game because I will maintain that it was not the emotions of the Minneapolis Miracle. It was simply you got beat in the trenches and you got out-schemed. You got your butt whooped. Yep. 
Yep. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's anybody that chalks it up to anything other than you got your butt whooped and you got outcoached. Outcoached for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's no, this was not the Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs made the play and nobody could concentrate a week later. Yeah. No, you're right. No, it was, it was you got out schemed yeah. and, you, and you got beat in the trench. And you, and you should know that. Uh, all right. David Morgan will be carrying the Lombardi <laughs> Trophy. Will be skating it around Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta next February. Skating if the Viking, it's like the, it's like the cup. It's oh, like the okay, Stanley Cup. Right, he's skating yeah, it around. Right. He's 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 the first guy. Harrison Smith will hand him that trophy. Why? Uh, because David Morgan is going to have to be in a lot and playing a key role in how this team pass protects and runs the ball because of their lack of talent in the offensive line. And even if the offensive line is healthy, you're still missing a guy at left guard for the whole season. The guy who's playing right guard has never played there before. The guy who's playing right tackle. That's assuming that things even work out the way they look right now. They could still change. But with all this uncertainty up front, David Morgan is legit the best blocking tight end in the NFL. And it, that's, again, just so stupendously football that Whoa. even... I even, wonder if there's a... It, wait, wait, hold even, on, hold it on. It even goes toward the edge for me of being like two football, but... No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It's perfect. Did you just call him the best blocking tight end in the National Football League? Yeah. I feel like that needs a little bit of explanation. No, he's that for, good. I mean, the best in the NFL. He is a monster blocker. Okay. I, I mean, he is, as, as for a tight end, he is one of the strongest tight ends in the NFL. And he has dedicated himself to this role. And when I went back and watched the tape of games last year, his blocking was so good that Pro Football Focus had him as one of the best tight ends in the NFL overall. Mm-hmm. And that's with only catching 10 passes because he was so dominant. And when you watch him on tape, he just controls linebackers. He can handle defensive ends. I mean, he is a beast blocking tight end. And that's something that is silly as it sort of sounds at the end of the year we could end up saying, man, this guy played a really key role because he did last year. Uh, now, that that's all the the football everyone's brain can handle right now. If we're going third just, safety, second time. You're just, you're like, just throwing is, stuff out there now. It is camp. You're throwing man, stuff out there now. Season. Best blocking tight end in the NFL. Uh, did you see Rishi Incognito won't be joining the Vikings for sure yeah. yesterday after he was arrested in Scottsdale, Arizona? Well, you told you... Uh, you brought this up during the course of the show, and I think it was just very preliminary at the time. But yes, I saw the details and the fact that he threatened or or people at the funeral home where they're arranging for his father's funeral, I believe, yes. felt threatened. And he said, and he indicated that he had guns. And in fact, he did in his truck and a silencer. And So police, yeah. I got this right here. Police found two Glock pistols, a handgun silencer, and three rifles in his vehicle. He told police that he has permits for those weapons. <laughs> and according to police incognito, quote, appeared to lack concentration, was unable to maintain coherent thought, Rather, he appeared to ramble about numerous things that did not correlate. And you know what? I listened to a podcast with Richie Incognito as a guest. Barstool Sports did this. Uh, I believe it was Pat McAfee, the former punter, was the host. And I, it was like 45 minutes long. And it was Incognito just talking about all the things that he's kind of gone through and the Jonathan Martin thing and getting thrown off teams and all that stuff. And I came out at the end of that feeling like there are certain players who you know are really going to struggle when they're away from football. Mm-hmm. This guy is really, 
really going to struggle away from football. And I, we're seeing it already with oh, it's brutal. how he kind of blew up about well, the, the Vikings thing. Well, he and, struggled in football, so yeah, now it's going to yeah. be, now it's it's awful. Now, now do you, and you uh, covered him for a couple of years, correct, in yep. Buffalo? Yep. So you are uh, familiar with him. This is a weird one, and I don't mean to be insensitive, but I sense with Incognito what you've got is a combination of real meathead bully with CTE. Like, I don't think that this is because his transgressions and weirdness go back to Nebraska, I, his youth, basically. Yeah. So, because I think I think the first inclination is to say, oh, my God, CTE, this is terrible, because I can't see Incognito's ending being a good one. Yeah. But this one, to me, is a, is a combination of, there definitely has to be CTE here, but his problems go back to before that, and so it's really the worst of both worlds. I think that he had a pretty tough upbringing. Okay. And the guy had unresolved anger issues that no one really gave him help with or that he never found a, a way to, to deal with. When he was in Buffalo, though, it was fascinating because he thrived there. He was a pro bowler, and he was playing next to a guy that he became really close with, Eric Wood, their center. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like I, I got the sense that Wood – sort of knew how to keep him in line or talk to him or make him sort of comfortable with where he was. And that situation worked out really great for him. But now, being away from that, it looks kind of like he's he's having trouble. And even guys who you wouldn't think would have any adjustment issues have had adjustment issues when they leave the game. Guys who seem like the most stable lot and them. happy people. Yeah, all sorts of them. And not just because of the brain issues, but because of what an incredibly difficult transition that is to go from so much structure, so much purpose in every single day to now what do I do? And right. Incognito mentioned in that interview, like, yeah, I'm just kind of hanging around the house. He isn't married or anything. And it's just, boy, it's, it's tough. Why and did he leave Buffalo? I think Buffalo left him. Okay. Because um, I, I did see the tweet the one day that he tweeted like at his agency or the player association that he was retiring, which was sort of an odd deal. Yeah. And I and would and would retire the guy that you're talking retired, about, the yes. center retired, right? Yeah, he had um, and so they might have decided issues. And so they, they might have decided if they didn't have him around to help with Richie, they couldn't sort of control Richie. Or or also that maybe just I mean, Richie's like 35, and that could be part of it too. That you know, maybe the NFL life. He, start, man. he started to drop off a little bit at the end there. That it's tough. That life has to be brutal. And, and I mean, the though, sport. The sport stinks. The sport's great to watch on game day, but it sucks. I think it's very easy too with Richie Incognito to say like, yeah, this guy was a terrible person, and what he did to Jonathan Martin, which he still takes really no responsibility for. And Jonathan Martin has his own issues, right. so maybe this would have never gotten out if Martin didn't have his own problems. Uh, so I think it's easy to look at that and go, boy, this guy is just a bad person. He's a mess. And I sort of look at it as, I think this guy is kind of lost in this world. And I feel bad for him. And when you see this, can you imagine? The guy is already going through leaving football. He already has all these issues from the past that have never been dealt with. And now he's burying his dad. Like I can see why he's such a mess. Yeah, but unfortunately, he's also driving around with a uh, car full of guns, which is probably not a great idea, on all sides. No, no I mean that's not, not going. Not, that's not no, going not to. This is not one where you say to yourself, "I could see this ending well." This is one where, where you say, and I, I go back 
you know, to the Martin stuff where you, this is the type of player who's just never going to be able, I don't think, unless he gets significant help to adjust or adapt to life outside of the locker room. And uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the, the gun stuff, like I, I saw something about it, like 95% of America agrees that people who have had issues in the past like this shouldn't be driving around with guns. Like that isn't even, that isn't even a like Republican Democrat thing. Right. Like, like almost everyone agrees. Like if you've had problems like yeah. incognito has in the past, you shouldn't have these guns. And that's what kind of, he's in Arizona though. And it's just like a free for all. It so is indeed. I've been there. So it, it does. It makes me like I don't wish anything bad on him. I, I even though I thought that he was no, it's a, just an interesting crazy guy. To me, it, it's him. an interesting combination of I'm I'm definite that there is some form of CTE at work here, but I think his problems definitely stem back to before that as well. Yeah. So it's just oh, a, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. a lose lose. Yeah. And so, well, clearly he won't be a member of the Minnesota Vikings, but it's sort of connected to this situation. If you're the Vikings, you're going to say, okay, well, if we were even considering this right. 1%, it's 0% now. But just from my perspective, I think um, the guy needs a lot of help. And this is the second issue where he sort of had trouble mentally, like seeming like he was coherent or okay mm-hmm. in public where they've had to arrest him. Man, I, I think he's in for a tough time here is not being an NFL player. TCL Broadcast Studios, uh, Mackie and Judd Collar in right now. Phil will join at 11. Stuff right around the corner. Mackie and Judd, at least for the first hour and a half or so, was uh, Zolgad and Collar. Collar now uh, going out to uh, cover the Vikings practice for 1500ESPN.com. Check out his work. TCO Performance Center. They're getting ready for a Friday's all-important third exhibition game against the Seattle Seahawks in which uh, Kirk Cousins and the first teamers should see extensive time before sitting out game four. Uh, Declan Goff producing. Phil is going to join at 11 o'clock and uh, stuff is right around the corner. Declan, did you by chance get an opportunity to watch episode three last night of Hard Knocks on HBO or do you watch that? Show. So I watched the first episode. In fact, it was the first time I've actually watched it, sat down and watched it. I've never really been a big fan of it, but I, I was I was pretty impressed with what I saw in the first one, and I haven't seen the last two. All right, um, but but man, they're they're a cast of characters in Cleveland. That's it, for sure. It is it now. I used to have HBO years ago. We didn't have it for a long time, and then uh, a couple months ago, there was a four hour or so Gary Shandling documentary on HBO, and I love Shandling, so we got HBO. And, of course, once you get it, you don't cancel it. Right, yeah. Uh, and so this is the first time I've watched Hard Knocks in its entirety because I've seen it. It gets repurposed and cleaned up at times um, for NFL Network. This is the first time I've watched the actual show in years and years and years. And, man, is this fun. And they do such a good job of storytelling, of laying things out. It, it The only thing is it keeps bringing me back to this. Everything I see that applies to the Vikings, I say to myself, it would be so interesting because the the National Football League's not a world where they where you know a lot of stuff, Declan. It's not a world where they really they sort of let you in and then they don't. They just don't let you in, right? And so there was a a fight that they showed from last week, last night between um, Jarvis Landry and a I believe young defensive back from the Browns in practice, and the fight happened. Because Landry caught a ball and he was finally tired of this guy's stuff. Sure. 
and he threw the ball at him, and the guy jumped jumped Jarvis Landry. And But they then went back and showed you all of the stuff that had been going on in that practice that led up to that. And it was re- really intriguing, and it kept bringing me back to if you had if you had the entirety of the dust-up that happened a couple of weeks ago between Rhodes and Diggs, it would have been so much fun to see. And they also, the storytelling is great, too, because they do a phenomenal job of finding characters. And I got one for you. Okay. Big, huge, fat guy. Name is Bob Wiley. Sounds like a football coach. Bob Wiley is the offensive line coach of the Browns. He has been uh, coaching 44 years of experience, both uh, collegiately and professionally. Uh, Coached in the National Football League for 25 years, the CFL for six, 13 years in college. He's been around the block a few times. Oh my gosh! And he's this, and it, it was it was a brief but glorious look at this guy's coaching and lifestyle. The first one was was the offensive line coach runs drills where he says hut hut hut, or so he he runs the drills to say hut to trigger the linemen to go through their exercise. And he's so big, and his stomach is so big that they caught it every time he said "hut." His stomach would like would like lift up. Yeah, right. And so and so they purposely just kept doing. He said "hut hut," and his stomach would like go up twice. Yeah. But the best part about this whole thing was Wiley. There's one scene where where they're going where the Browns players are going through stretching. And, you know, there's lots of times the coaches will walk around and look at guys stretching or they'll act engaged. And Wiley goes and sits down and he's like, I'd rather watch plants grow than watch stretching. And then they cut to him talking to players about stretching. Gruffle, gruff, gruff guy. And he go and he says to the players, he said, you know what they did in the military back in the day? Gentlemen, they did push-ups, sit-ups. And jumping jacks said, we won two bleeping world wars in this country and nobody stretched. Nobody said, before I run across that beach, you know what I need to do? Some calisthenics and stretch. (laughs) Stretch my quads. Before I run across the beach to fight this war, I need to stretch. And it was just, and then, then they also showed he drives this beautiful car. Of course. So, but he's this big, fat offensive line coach. You'd expect to see him in like, uh, you know, a beater of a car or like a, or if nothing else, if it was a newer car, some type of like a Humvee, right? Or some big sport vehicle drives this little beautiful white sports car. But this is what makes this show so good. They, they do such a great job of peeling back everything and they let you in on a team and into a league in which you never find out things the vikings i would love oh, if, i know if we ever got this look at at zim now now zim did star he's been in it three times once as a coach uh, for, for the uh, dallas cowboys when it was one of the first ones i okay. think in like 94 or something yeah yeah sounds and, right. and then he was the star of it they did the Cincinnati Bengals twice and he was defensive coordinator. And there were, there's the one where he drops F bombs constantly yeah. and, pe- and people loved it. Um, but the Vikings, it'd be so interesting to see the decision-making. And I come back to this too. I, because of, of the hidden camera factor in meeting rooms, I would love to see players who forget about the, ca- I think Harrison Smith would be because he doesn't tell you Jack. No, he doesn't usually. Right. Like, he gave you a, a really good response about the concern about the helmet contact rule. But for the most part, he's not going to tell reporters a thing. No. But seeing him in the confines of a meeting room actually talking about his craft, 
I think it would be really intriguing. Oh yeah, he's a huge intellectual too. I mean, there's there was that great feature from SI a few years ago where he, you know, he's a he pilots planes. So I mean, he, yes, he has exactly. this he has this like kind of crazy life outside of football, and, yep. and, and it would be great. You know, it'd be awesome to see. You know, if Denny Green was still along, I mean, how great would Hard Knocks be with a Denny Green? Oh, he would have been. I mean, that would have been would have been awesome. And just the Browns, uh, the Browns ones that I've loved is you know just the. Obviously, the raw emotion of Hugh Jackson, you know, with his mother passing away, and and they're able to capture that. And I'll, I don't know who's the offensive lineman, but the financial class that that offensive lineman is offering oh, in the first, and he doesn't first stop episode. swearing. Yeah, he just he dro- he's he just drops f bombs the entire time, but he's brilliant, right? Financially, yeah, I, he's I, trying to explain to them all. He tries to explain to them this is all you have to put away to become essentially rich for the rest of your life. But he, but every other word. I can't say. Right, yeah. No, it is it is not safe for words, and because some of the clips would be great to play on here, but obviously, apparently, you get fined when you, when you say some of those words. Uh, but, fined? Uh, Try fired. Yeah, or, or both. Your, stec- your, your second stint here, Declan, would be very yeah, short. just like the first one. So... Yeah, with, with with the Browns, it's 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 a cool thing to see, and I I loved it. I, I think it was really cool that they were able to kind of peel back just the X's and O stuff. And yeah, when you see the offensive linemen talking about you can make a million dollars, you know, for the rest of your life. And I yep. like how they like omit, you know, what exactly was his secret formula to you know saving all this money. Yeah, the, the Hugh Jackson one about his mom. Now his brother had died, I think, shortly before camp started. Right, and his mom died as it started. Right. The the one that I've talked about on this show, the clip or the uh, or the scene that I've discussed that gives you a great insight into football people, and we can't wrap our heads around it, but it's them. He's in his office, and it's a bunch of assistant coaches, and they're watching film, and he's like, "My mom died last night." Yeah, and he is obviously very sad. But all the coaches are like, oh, Hugh, I'm so sorry. It's so tough to hear. Right. And without missing a beat, he's got his clicker, right? Yeah. And he looks up and he says, is this inside zone? Right. I know, just a transition. It's but insane. that's them. Yeah, that's, but that's that, who he is. That's, that's right. there. If you are a football coach, if you're a football lifer, that's your everyday life. That's not weird. Like, I look at that, or you do, or any fan looks at that, they're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Your mom just died. Yeah. Not You're Take not serious. Right. Yeah. And he's like, my. Hey, is this the weak side died. blitz? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, is this inside zone? Yeah. And then, and then I think the scene never goes. At, at that point, that one scene, I don't think they go back to his mom. They do in the show again, but I think at that point in time, those coaches are done. Yeah, they. they I think they, they think sh- about that. Yeah. This is this is the it's beginning nuts. of training camp. This is you're not playing a game the next day. Your mom died. Most people would go would take a leave. Right. I mean, not a long one, but they might leave for that day. Right. Yeah, of course. And he's still. Trying to you know wrangle in Greg Williams and all these Madonnas on and the by the way, Browns. Greg Williams is nuts. Yeah, what a piece of work that guy is. Last night in watching him, I don't know two things. Number one, I don't know how a coach keeps in 2018 his players, um, how his players don't turn on him. How the modern player does not turn on on a guy like that who's that crazy. And two. Anybody who said to themselves, how on earth could a Saints defensive coordinator possibly have orchestrated a bounty against Brett Favre, you now know exactly. Right. Oh, like, oh like, for sure. Like the bounty from him is the least surprising thing of all time. And if you were to put him in a lineup with five people and have them talk to you and say, which one of these guys would be most likely to put their career in jeopardy by issuing a bounty to his players, you'd say, Greg Williams. Yeah, for sure. 
he's when when you I I've I've heard the tapes of you know where you know that the ones where he leaked where he said he was getting out the bounties for the Saints players, but actually seeing him interact with the coaches and the players, like okay, yeah, th- this makes a little more sense now. And I I'm, I'm kind of crazy. on the belief that you know. The Vikings lost because they turned the ball over five times. And sure, were the oh, Saints right. were, the, were the Saints a little they rough on them? Did. Absolutely, but you lost because you turned the ball over five times. But Greg Williams is, yeah, he is. He's out there. He's, he's a little bit nutty. Certifiable, I think, is fair. Yeah. What's coming up in stuff, Declan? Oh, uh, yeah, got a lot of stuff to talk about in stuff. Uh, a Lynx fan, cool message that uh, she was able to get from Cheryl Reeve for tickets to a last-minute ticket to the game last night. Uh, also, a the beauty league update. We'll, we'll do some hockey. Be- oh, we here. got some hockey. Yeah, I know Phil's probably just now boiling oh, and, and steaming in Phil? here for this next half hour. With he's with just in charge talk. now. Who cares? That's right. What Twin City sports fans are chanting for right now? Mackie and Judd continue with stuff you should know about. All right, we got stuff uh, with Declan Goff. We also have some breaking news. It is official. The Vikings just announced it. Uh, veteran safety George Iloka, formerly of the Bengals, let go last weekend, has signed with the Vikings. So a, a favorite of uh, of head coach Mike Zimmer and a guy the Vikings pursued heavily in free agency a couple of years ago is now officially a Viking, Declan Goff. Yeah, you can never have too many defensive backs uh, in the NFC. As North. I said, they're all, ch- they're all chess pieces for Zimmer. Right, right. I, I trust him. I trust the guy. Uh, let's start with some national stuff here, and then we'll transition to some other local things. Uh, we'll start in L.A. The Dodgers apparently put a claim on Washington National star Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. David Roberts was quoted in the L.A. Times. I think we claimed him, but I can't even get into it. Turned out... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not even supposed to say that, right. by the way. Yeah, he's not. Uh, turned out the 48-hour period passed. Uh, I believe it was John Heyman that said the Nationals would not be pulling off a trade, but... I mean, I got to imagine Washington was probably asking for the farm. I mean, asking for everything for Bryce Harper. Um, but it it would be something to see that guy in Dodger blue helping them push push back into the. You know post what has season. to happen there in Washington? Rizzo, their GM, has to be fired. This I turned on this on this buffoon a few years ago when they were having a good year, a really good year on Strasburg, and and I am Mister Cautious, right? I'm Mister Worry. I'm Mister Concern. But you? but Strasburg, they decided they we're going to shut him down, and his comment was something like, "Well, we've got plenty more of these these runs to make." And so it's like, "What are you talking about? You are these runs are special." Uh, and unless I mean, now if you came out and said his arm's about to fall off, we have to sh- to shut him down. I at least can accept that. But he had this like haughty, hubris-ridden statement about how well this is the Washington Nationals will be making a lot more runs, and Steven Strasburg will be part of those. That's idiotic, right? And everything, and and now I was never a big Dusty Baker guy, but they hired, they fired Dusty, and they had been going to the playoffs. Now they hadn't been achieving the success that they wanted, and they and they hired uh, Dave Martinez, the former big leaguer who was a Joe Madden disciple, and that clubhouse has been a complete mess, yeah. falling apart. They traded, uh, they traded Murphy to the Cubs. Yesterday and Matt Adams, I believe, was claimed off waivers by the Cardinals. Correct, and so they just allowed him to be claimed, getting nothing back. That thing Ugh. in Washington's become a complete gong show, and I would look at one person, and that's the GM, and say, "Buddy, you have not done your job. You're fired. You've been terrible." And if I if I'm Bryce, I say, "See you later." I say, "I'm done with the dysfunction here." 
He's not going to get what I thought he was a couple of years ago, but he's going to get a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but they, and, and I saw the, the guy that owns them, who I think demanded the firing of Dusty, which is a problem. Declan, if I'm not mistaken, they sent out, uh, the owner sent out a letter yesterday saying, we thought at the trade deadline that we could still get back in it, and now we know we can't, so we're making, they can't decide what they're doing. That whole thing is just a mess. Yeah, I think when when you look at every all the players they have and the fact they haven't even gotten to the NLCS even, I'm pretty sure. Now that's that's a huge disappointment for that era. And, and they've blown some leads too. Oh yeah. They've blown some definite Absolutely. leads. Uh let's transition to the hockey world. The Ottawa Senators assistant general manager Randy Lee. He was suspended back in June. Yeah, com- uh, the combine he had an incident with a bus driver, right? A 19-year-old hotel shuttle driver during mm-hmm. the NHL scouting combine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh the case is still pending, but he resigned uh today for or resigned earlier this week from his uh position with the Ottawa Senators. According to the AP, he has a court hearing coming up, uh but just like the most bizarre thing he said, I believe it was lewd comments is what Deadspin has I thought uh, he to touched, a 19-year-old man. I thought he touched his back, too, or did something that was physically a bit too aggressive. Right. So a, a hearing's in, in mid-September. Just the most, and he's been with Ottawa, I guess, for a very long time and, and been in hockey for, for a long time as well. But with you know the whole Eric Carlson deal, obviously they traded for Matt Duchesne a year ago, and you kind of thought, oh, well, maybe. Oh, that was a bit, yeah. Maybe this could, maybe this could do something. Ottawa, I, I, I don't they're know what the mess. heck they're doing. They're throwing darts at the wall and nothing's sticking. And now, if I'm not mistaken, weren't they within a win of the Stanley Cup two years ago? Yeah, they had a crazy run in the postseason. Against post Pittsburgh, season. right? Yeah. They are they are now a complete complete mess, mm-hmm. and that trade. So so Duchesne, it turns out, I've been told Duchesne's not a great guy. So he forced his way from from Colorado, which, in, if you look at it statistically, I believe that McKinnon's pace went off the charts in, in a good way when Duchesne finally got traded because Duchesne was a drag on that franchise. But his whole thing is, I want to go to a team that can win. I want to win playoff games. Well, now he's in a situation where they've got no chance. That Eric Carlson thing, and Eric Carlson's wife, yeah. and the kid that they traded to San Jose, who immediately got flipped to the Panthers, is completely weird. That whole franchise, and and not to mention the fact that they play their games in suburban Ottawa, in a building they can't fill up, and I don't think that they, they consistently even sold out that place for the playoffs a, a cu- couple of years back. They had an outdoor game this year against Montreal at which Melnick, the guy who owns them, actually got up. And, you know, it's supposed to be an outdoor game, right? You know, welcome to everybody. This is great outdoor game. I think they're BS, but that's fine. He threatened <laughs> to move the team. Yeah. They are, they are becoming the definition, if they're not right now, of a hockey dumpster fire. And between them and Calgary, this is why expansion drives me crazy. You have two Canadian teams that aren't healthy. They're not healthy. Calgary can't get a new building there. And this is why when they're like, yeah, but it, the Vegas story is a great story. I'm like, yes, it's a great story. But you're talking about two Canadian franchises. And Ottawa is off the tracks, goofed up. Yeah, I wonder if it, Chuck Fletcher hasn't found work yet, has he? Yeah, he is. Oh, he's uh, back. Yeah, he's an executive assistant. It, it's more than an assistant GM title to, um, to the New Jersey Devils gotcha. GM uh, which is which is Shiro's kid, and if I am correct on this one, Fletcher was his assistant in Pittsburgh before yes, he got fired in right. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. So Chuck has found work, but Chuck has now not found work as a GM. And my my guess is he's going to spend this year as an assistant of some sort with the Devils. I think he even might continue to live here, and I would not be surprised if uh, Fletcher is a GM again for the 2019-20 season. Woo!
Sticking with hockey, and we're going to get into the local scene. The the Beauty League uh, championship game is tonight. I think this is the last night of uh, the Beauty League. Great, great experience. Seriously, it's so much fun. I went. uh, I went to opening the opening Wednesday night. What about a month ago or so? Yeah. It's fun. It's it's a blast, and I think you know they raised the tickets for me. What five to ten bucks? But I think it you know it, it's it all, three games though. Yeah, it's it's a great time. You get to see all your favorite players and and just a hodgepodge of you know college hockey, NHL players that you would never think uh, would exist. And I think Jason Zucker is also doing a stick drive there tonight too. So bring a used or nice. new stick and uh, could donate some some local hockey. Uh, going back over to the side of the river to St. Paul, Wild tickets they go on sale. Our ice, Judd. How fired up are you for our ice? Zero. Yeah. And you know what? Change the slogan. I know your slogan. It's a nice slogan, but change the slogan. Actually, you know what? I want no slogan. Unless you're successful, I don't want a slogan. I'm so tired of slogan. Is your ice just like a... This is uh, how we baseball. Yeah. This is our ice. <laughs> and and this is our ice won an award. I think, yeah, I think a fairly it, prestigious award. But I'm so sick of slogans. Slo- when I was a kid, you you had a slogan once in a while. So close we can taste it. North Stars 81, 82. Bad slogan because they weren't as close as they thought they were. But you don't need a slogan year after year after year. I am not excited. Uh, the Wild's done very little. All of that being said, I like Paul Fenton. I think Paul's smart enough, though. I've, I've come to the conclusion because I thought he might make changes. And I think Paul's a very bright guy. And Paul realizes, well, we're sort of in salary cap hell here. I've got to see. <laughs> I've got to see. I've got to see what I have here. The other thing is, and this is. I'm a Boudreaux fan. Yeah, me too. And I do not blame him one bit for things that have gone on during his two years here and then not being able to advance in the playoffs. Uh, But I think this is the last year. It's it's going to be tough, yeah. Because he's he's entering year three of a four-year contract. He makes a lot. I don't think Leopold had any interest in buying him out with two years left. Uh, But when, when, and this has been reported on, but I don't think it's been talked about enough, when they fired his best buddy as an assistant coach, and Paul Fenton went and hired Dean Everson, who was the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals, which is the AHL affiliate for the Predators, which is the team that Fenton was GM of. That's his guy. That's his guy. Yeah, that's and, his guy in the waiting. And the comeback to that was that Bruce, when he was coach of the Capitals, worked with Dean for yeah, a period right. of time, and Dean was an assistant coach. But I'm told that doesn't mean they're friends. No. John Anderson, the guy who was Boudreaux's assistant, they're like lifelong hockey best friends, and his contract was not renewed. It was reported on. I don't think it was made a big enough deal, though. That And there's just a chance here that Fenton wants his guy, and you can't really blame him, right? I mean, it's his team now. Uh, But I think that there's a lot left to play out here. I also think that there is a very, very good chance that the 2018-19 Wild are not a playoff team. I don't think that's a. I just far don't. Off, yeah. I don't see it. And and if Suter can't, if Suter can't come back, yeah. Well, Chicago, if Crawford can play, Chicago's be improved, right? Automatically, yeah. St. Louis made moves that if they're not improved, Yo's going to get fired. And if he gets fired in let's say January, that that likely means that they're going to make a run. Swoon St. Launch. Louis will be better as far as the standings go. Period across the board in the conference, Calgary's going to be improved. Yeah, they've made some nice moves. Haven't even talked about Winnipeg. They're obviously going to be. Oh good. yeah. Well, I mean Winnipeg. <laughs> Dallas, I'm not sure about, but they could as well. It, the West was incredibly competitive and difficult last year. I think it improves. 
And the Wild has not made one move where I, where I say to myself, okay, that's a playoff type type of move. And I will, I've been saying this for months now, or a year now, this is not a playoff roster. This is just not a playoff it's roster. Not, it's not a Stanley Cup roster is what it's I would play, say. I don't think it's a playoff I, I think roster. It, it obviously can get to I the playoffs. First, no, no, but I'm saying right. once you do, oh, once you, it's not a playoff how you, roster. How you play in the playoffs, yes. correct. Yes. You can get to the playoffs, but it's not a playoff roster. Starting with game one of the first round, this is not a playoff roster. Right. No, yeah, they and so, so your chances to advance significantly, I think, are almost nil. Correct. But this is going to be a wait and see. And uh, unfortunately, there's nothing to talk about for the most part about it. And I'm not excited. No. But I'm sure that will change. All right, let's come back, uh, wrap up this hour, and then Mackie will uh, step into the studio. Uh, Dan Hayes, the Athletic, will join to talk twins at 1130. Questions in the noon hour and much more in our last show before we head out to the great Minnesota get-together. Mackie about to join at 11 o'clock. All right, Declan Goff, who is uh, producing today, Tell me, tell people on the air what your brother just texted you and said, because this is this is <laughs> under the definition, the Sid Hartman definition of selective listeners. All right, so this selective listeners yes. hear what they want to hear, not what was said by the hosts in this case. And my brother and I have a terrible habit of selective hearing. So. And I like your brother, yeah. but this is this is a uh, example. A. This is quote: yep. Is Judd crazy? Yep. Boudreaux took this team to the playoffs with Coyle, Nino, and Spurgeon all injured for half the year. If they are healthy, they are definitely, all caps, making the playoffs. Oh, okay. No, they're not. Uh, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, I thought he was blaming me for for saying the, that Boudreaux was going to be fired. It's not my opinion he should be. I think he's done a very good job. It's my opinion that when you fire the guy who hired Boudreaux, and then you hire a guy who has never worked with Bruce before, and I like Bruce, Yeah. but you hire a guy in Paul Fenton who worked in Nashville, and now Fenton, who ran the American Hockey League team in Milwaukee, that was the affiliate for Nashville, goes and takes that head coach, who was his guy, and puts him on Boudreaux's bench. That's usually the beginning of the snowball going downhill to Dean Evason being the head coach of the Wild, if not at some point during the coming season, then in 2000, what be, 1920. Correct. So anyway, that's my. Uh, they're definitely no. You can't say they're definitely a playoff team. Chicago. Okay, let's go through it. Okay. Yeah. Winnipeg, Nashville. Yep. Those one two easily. Winnipeg. Um, Vegas probably take a step back, perhaps. But you're going to have they'll threaten. But you're going to have. Yeah. Well, hold on a second here. I'm just going to call up the standings because this is not that hard to do. Win- well, I'll just give you locks. Winnipeg, Nashville are, are definitely locks. Hmm. I would say San Jose will obviously compete, and mm-hmm. teams like Vegas will compete. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, you have St. Louis, Chicago. If Corey Crawford's back, Chicago will automatically be better. Are they the team they were at the beginning of this but, decade? No, but, but they'll be like, better. And they're, they're like, in the playoffs. And they're likely a playoff team. Yeah, they're, 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 and they're a very good playoff team. I would agree with that. So you start crunching the numbers, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them to definitely be a secured playoff team. I would say most people probably have them on a bubble. Some yeah. probably say, yeah, they're in, and some probably say they're probably the first team out. I, I think that's very fair, and the more I look at the standings and the teams that have improved it themselves, Nashville, Winnipeg, oh, here it is. Nashville, Winnipeg, St. Louis gets in. Yep. Colorado. Colorado is they coming could, around. They could get in. They're going to be good. Chicago. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say for the exercise of, of this, Vegas takes a huge step back and misses the playoffs. Sure. But I, I think I'm at four teams right now. San Jose gets in. Calgary's improved. 
Edmonton, if they can come around, they've got the best player in yeah, the league. They're, they're probably the sleeping giant McDavid. right now. Dallas could jump you. This is this is a situation where I think the conference was extremely competitive, and you got in last year. I think you're going to take another step back now. And keep in mind too, there's no guarantee Ryan Suter's going to come back and be any good Mm-mm. for quite a while. Yeah. Everyone agrees he suffered an injury that could have been, or maybe even should have been, career ending. And he's no kid. You think Zach's going to stay healthy for an entire season? You think Eric Stahl, 40-plus goals again? What have they done to their roster? What have they done to this roster that leads you to believe that they are going to be an improved team? Greg Patton, man. You know, you got to quote you fourth kids, line. To quote you, yeah, exactly. And to, <laughs> right. quote, and to quote you kids, do you know what I see? I see regression all around me. Yeah, It's the name of Minnesota sports. I see regression. And this is regression. Eric Stahl ain't scoring 40 goals again. He won't. Anyway, all right, Mackie joins next. We, we could have gone that another hour doing this. And we'll be at uh, full strength. No hockey talk with Phil. Though. All right.